For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from WRAL News Headquarters in Raleigh, your number one source for local news. WRAL News, coverage you can count on. New this noon, we know the name of the person who was killed in Fayetteville. Three others were hurt. What was behind this violence? Also, we're learning more about the officer who was attacked by a Durham man after a crash. And more potential candidates for House Speaker have emerged, but will Republicans be able to rally behind either of them? The Fayetteville police have identified the victim of a quadruple shooting that left one person dead. We're told the person who died is 31-year-old Emmanuel Smith. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Ken Smith in for Jeff Hogan. And I'm Renee Chu. Thanks for joining us. The shooting happened Saturday in the parking lot of Smith Recreation Center on Slater Avenue. WRL Fayetteville reporter Gilbert Bays is live today at police headquarters with more information on the shooting. Gilbert. Hey, Renee, and can we just talk with investigators to get a little bit more background? As you mentioned, this happened at Smith Recreation Center. That center is right across the street from Fayetteville State University, but we're told that this shooting had nothing to do with all the homecoming festivities that were happening on campus uh, this weekend. Now, as you may recall, this, this uh, was a scene shortly after the shooting. As you mentioned, 930 is when it happened Saturday night. Police were called to the area because of a shot spotter alert and also multiple 911 calls. When police arrived, they say that the four individuals were shot were transported to Cape Valley Medical Center. 31-year-old Emmanuel Smith died from his wounds and we're told two others have been treated and released. But there is a female victim who was shot. She remains in the hospital. We don't know her exact condition, but we're told she's stable. This happened not too far uh, away from when in August in the same parking lot we had a balloon release for Lorenzo McLaughlin who was gunned down not too far from the recreation center. And um, the balloon release ended with an individual firing some rounds and as he tried to make his getaway, his car ended up in the swimming pool. Now, Renee, we're not sure that these two incidents are connected. Police are looking to see if there's any connection to what happened in August and what happened uh, this past weekend. But so far, Renee, no arrests in the case of the shootings that happened this weekend. Gilbert, we know you'll update us as soon as you get more information on this. Gilbert Bay is reporting live in Fayetteville. A person was shot and killed today in a Wake Forest neighborhood. Police there responded to Abercrombie Road around 3.20 in the morning where they found a person suffering from a gunshot wound. Police tape was blocking Abercrombie Road just a few streets away from Main Street. Crime tape surrounded one of the homes. WRL News is working to learn what led to the deadly shooting. Police say this appears to be an isolated incident. They do not believe that there is any danger to the public. We have a cooler than normal afternoon on the way and a colder night ahead. Let's get to meteorologist Elizabeth Gardner at the WRL Severe Weather Center with a look at our temperatures. Elizabeth. Yeah, we have a frost advisory that may be issued tonight, especially north of ID5. It may not include the entire viewing area. It looks less likely in our southern counties, but um, we will definitely have more on that this evening with Cat uh, and Mike. Most likely the uh, Weather Service will issue that early this afternoon, uh, but they've already let us know that uh, it is likely that we will see that. Here's why. 
sky. This is a look at our potential temperatures for tomorrow morning. 34 in Roxborough, 35 Clarksville, 36 Roanoke Rapids, 37 Rocky Mount. You may look at that and say, well, none of these are 32. So why would there be a frost advisory? Easily, once you get just out of some of these communities into rural areas or low-lying spots, the temperatures can be several degrees cooler. And it can definitely be cooler in places, uh, cool enough to have some scattered frost. So that's why uh, 35 in Siler City, looking like 40 in Raleigh. So it's less likely in the Triangle area and down south, certainly. 35, though, in Sanford, 37 in Southern Pines, 35 in Robbins. So definitely looking at a, a chilly uh, morning tomorrow morning. We'll likely see these temperatures around 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. That's when the coldest temperatures of the day typically happen. We normally see our first fall freeze sometime between the 21st and the 31st of October for most of our viewing area. We do have warmer temperatures ahead after tomorrow morning. So it may be past Halloween before we see a widespread frost or freeze. We'll talk more about a warm up that's on our way coming up. And happening now in the WREL Live Center, we are following breaking news coming from the United Auto Workers Union. The strike now escalating as it's now striking against big Detroit automakers, this time adding a factory that makes Ram pickup trucks for Stellantis. The union says that 6,800 members walked out this morning and shut down the Sterling Heights, Michigan assembly plant, which is a huge profit center for the company, now bringing that total to 41 thousand workers now picketing. We will continue to follow the new developments right here in the WRL Live Center. Well, new information this noon hour about an attack on a Durham police officer and a chaplain. The man accused in the assault over the weekend appeared in court a short time ago. WRL was the only news station in that courtroom. WRL's Monica Casey joins us live now from outside the courtroom with new information about the victims and the defendant. Monica, good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon. A judge here in Durham County Court kept the bond at $400,000 for the man accused of assaulting a Durham police officer and an emergency chaplain. Demario Holman is charged with assault on a law enforcement officer, possession of a weapon of mass destruction, felony possession of marijuana, and multiple other charges. New details came out here about what happened last Friday morning. Less than an hour ago, the assistant district attorney said that defendant tried to strangle Officer J.T. Rose. The ADA also said Holman bit through the web of Scott Wilco's hand, requiring stitches. Durham police say this all started when that officer tried to stop a speeding vehicle at the intersection of West Cornwallis and U.S. 15501. Police say that car then fled, going more than 100 miles per hour. The officer didn't chase it, but found the car crashed near the exit ramp. That's when they say DeMario Holman assaulted the officer and the chaplain. Holman's next court date is set for November 13th. Ken? Monica Casey live in Durham this noon hour. Monica, thanks. Durham is expanding its efforts to help people with mental health issues. The HEART program covered about a third of the city, and starting today, it will cover all of it. People in crisis who call 911 will speak with dispatchers. They ask questions about what's going on, and depending on the situation, an unarmed community response team may be sent out. If the situation is potentially violent, law enforcement can come along with them. Organizers tell us they've been doing this for a year and a half now, and they've never had a safety incident. One of the workers walked us through a call to which he recently responded. Um, 911 received a call of a gentleman that was in distress. Um, we responded and reached out to him. Uh, we made a connection with him. 
He expressed that he was overwhelmed. Uh, he had just lost his job at Duke that he had had for almost 20 years. Uh, he was unsure of how he's going to pay his rent. Um, his children was also in crisis. He was a single father. Um, but we were able to connect him to resources to get his rent paid and also provide some therapeutic support um, through our clinicians and peer support specialists. Just one example of peaceful intervention. Cities nationwide are looking to Durham to learn more about bringing the heart program to their area. Organizers hope the program will soon be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all over the country. Israel Defense Forces ramped up airstrikes in Gaza overnight. The IDF says it struck about more than 300 targets over the last 24 hours, including a tunnel housing Hamas fighters and dozens of command and lookout posts. The increased strikes comes as another round of humanitarian aid moves into the Gaza Strip. We get more now from Madeline Rivera. Smoke once again rising over northern Gaza Monday morning. Israeli forces say they hit more than 300 targets in the region over the past day. Troops also launching a number of limited ground raids into the Gaza Strip to locate hostages and destroy Hamas positions along the border. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says a potential months-long ground invasion by Israel's military will face its challenges. You'll see a fight that's characterized by a lot of IEDs, a lot of booby traps, uh, and just uh, really grinding activity uh, going forward. In the north, Hezbollah continues to attack Israel with anti-tank guided missiles. Over the weekend, Israel ordered the evacuation of more than a dozen communities along the Lebanon border. Israeli officials are vowing to fight back if the strikes escalate. If we are required uh, to respond, we will, and it will be very, very decisive. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization says more medical supplies are flowing into Gaza on Monday to assist with surgeries and treat chronically ill patients. Though some say it's still not enough to treat the hundreds that are hurt. It's a drop in the ocean, and the only positive thing to this is just that the border have opened for a very short time. And that was Madeline Rivera reporting. Now, Hamas says of the targets hit by Israelis, a dozen were hospitals and 32 were health centers. Well, the U.N. says for the hospitals operating, they have about two days of fuel left, and doctors in many of those areas are performing surgeries using the lights from their cell phones. Humanitarian relief supplies are beginning to be distributed to citizens of Gaza. 17 trucks went in yesterday. 20 more went in today. They're carrying food, water, and medicine. They don't have any fuel, and Israeli teams are inspecting those trucks to make sure no fuel goes into Gaza. U.N. officials say about 100 trucks would be needed daily to meet essential needs in Gaza, which is home to 2.3 million people. Today marks 40 years since the deadly Beirut bombing that killed 241 Marines, most of whom were stationed at Camp Lejeune. The observance honors those killed and the survivors who were attacked in Lebanon during a peace mission. Families from around the world gathered at Lejeune Memorial Gardens in Jacksonville for a special ceremony this morning. Enhanced security measures were put in place ahead of today's observance. Our new news continues with an update to the shooting of a Maryland Circuit Court judge last week. The intensifying search for the suspected gunman with ties to many states, including North Carolina. Also, an image of Adolf Hitler appeared on a video board during Saturday's college football game at Michigan State. How the university is responding at a time tensions are high in the Middle East. And a status update on state lawmakers taking up new redistricting maps that could help decide control of the U.S. Congress and the North Carolina General Assembly for much of the next decade.
Download the new WRAL streaming apps on Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, and Android TV. U.S. Marshals are searching for a man they believe shot and killed a Maryland judge hours after that judge ruled against that man in a custody dispute. NBC's Stephanie Gosk reports on the intensifying manhunt of Pedro Agarte, who has ties to multiple locations, including North Carolina. This morning, a massive search is underway for the alleged killer of a respected Maryland judge. Police releasing these images of 49-year-old Pedro Argote, who they say shot Circuit Court Judge Andrew Wilkinson Thursday night outside Wilkinson's house in Hagerstown, while his wife and son were at home inside. Argote is not in custody and is considered armed and dangerous. The vicious attack happened just hours after the judge awarded custody of Argote's four children to his ex-wife, according to court documents. Wilkinson also denied Argote visitation rights and ordered him to pay child support. Last year, Argote's now ex-wife filed a domestic violence petition against her ex-husband, but it was dismissed two weeks later. On Saturday, police recovered Argote's abandoned vehicle in a wooded area less than 10 miles away from the crime scene. We're going to catch this guy. Authorities say Argote has ties to multiple regions beyond the state of Maryland, including New York, Florida, Indiana, and North Carolina. It's just a matter of time before this subject uh, is brought to justice. An attorney for Argote's now ex-wife telling NBC News they have no information about the whereabouts of Mr. Argote, writing in a statement, our hearts ache for Judge Wilkinson's family. Judge Wilkinson was a kind, caring, and compassionate individual. He will truly be missed. He acted with dignity in all times, and he always made decisions based on intellect and honesty. Now, as the suspect remains on the run, the tight community that Judge Wilkinson served is reeling from this senseless act of violence. This is not indicative of what this, this town is. I mean, it's a tragedy, it is awful, and it's the world that we live in, and it's a shame. And that was Stephanie Gosk reporting. Now, Agorte is considered armed and dangerous. The sheriff's office is warning the public not to approach and to call 911 if they see him. Happening now on the WREL Live Center, we are following breaking news out of Fugue Verena, where it appears that several crews are responding to a large fire on Wilbon Road here. We're seeing EMS at the scene. You can see all of the large smoke right there coming uh, from the wooded area and trees. You can see crews working to put out some of those flames. So we are working right now to get more information about what exactly happened there. If anyone was hurt, we'll be sure to update you when we get that information. Laura, thanks. Four teens in New York are facing charges after police say they tried to take control of a subway train. This happened after seven last night as the train traveled in the Bronx. Police say four teens broke into an unauthorized area at the rear of a moving train. They say the kids either obtained a key or made one that allowed them to get into a booth on the train. The vandals were never able to impact train operations. They faced potential charges of reckless endangerment, tampering and criminal trespassing. An employee at Michigan State University is suspended with pay after an image of Adolf Hitler was displayed on video boards at its football stadium. We will not show the image on this newscast. The photo flashed on the video boards at Spartan Stadium as part of a pregame quiz. This comes as the war between Israel and Hamas stirs up fears of anti-Semitism. Nazis killed six million Jews during the Holocaust. 
The university apologized and issued a statement saying it does not condone bigotry of any kind. Football stadiums and other sports complexes were built to bring people together, but you may be shocked by some of the history tied to these sites. A brand new WRL documentary, Ghosts in the Stadium, is a story of four iconic stadiums in the Carolinas and their links to the painful history of race relations in the United States. WRL investigative documentary reporter Kristen Severance and WRL sports anchor Chris Lee uncovered these secrets, including who Keenan Memorial Stadium at UNC Chapel Hill was named after in the early 1900s. I learned that William Rand Keenan, the person who Keenan Stadium is named after, was a part of a brigade of men who helped to kill uh, a bunch of uh, black folks in Wilmington in 1898. One of the problems with William Rand Keenan's memory is that the most consequential thing that he ever did has been the very thing that's been left out. Well, in 2018, the university took down the plaque honoring William Brand Keenan Sr. and replaced it with a plaque honoring his son. We'll explain how the change happened and why some historians believe more transparency is needed on UNC Chapel Hill's campus about all of this. You can watch Ghosts in the Stadium Wednesday night at 7.30 on WRL and on the WRL app and WRL.com. I'm Laura Levine in the WREL Live Center with some big breaking news coming from the Dreamville Festival. Organizers now announcing the dates for 2024. There you see it, April 6th and 7th here in Raleigh. Take a look at some of the video from last year, which was a big success at Dick's Park. The Hip Hop Music Festival was created by Fayetteville native and rapper J. Cole, as we know, who also typically headlines the event. Last year, he brought in big names like Drake and Usher. About 50,000 people per day attended the festival last year, also bringing in an estimated $7.8 million to the local economy. Each and every year, this festival sells out, so be sure to stay keeping your eyes peeled to see when the tickets will be released this go-around. All right, Laura, thanks. Each year, that festival gets even bigger. Well, turn our attention now to the forecast. Cool out there today. Yeah, a hugely popular festival at Dick's Park. Look at this live look <laughs> where it just looks so beautiful yeah. right now with that blue skies. But on the cool Ooh. side, uh, not even going to hit 70 degrees. Meteorologist Elizabeth Gardner in the WRL Severe Weather Center, and that will lead to a cold morning tomorrow. Ooh, we could see a frost advisory in parts of the viewing area, especially the north and uh, potentially western parts of the viewing area, seeing a little bit of patchy frost. It's not going to be an end to the growing season. It's not going to be anything that's a, a hard freeze by any means, but definitely a cold one. We take a look at our WRL tower. We're looking westward uh, toward downtown Raleigh. It is 62 degrees right now. We're on our way to 68, 69 this afternoon. Our dew point is 36, meaning that it feels very dry outside. Again, we're looking at uh, 67, 68 degrees for our afternoon high with just lots of sunshine. We have a very quiet weather pattern in our forecast for now all the way through the weekend and into early next week. Right now it's 59 in Roxborough, 58 in South Hill, 59 in Rocky Mount. So uh, several places still in the 50s right now, even with all that sunshine. So our flow coming out of the north is uh, is definitely in progress. It's not windy necessarily, but we've solidly seen this cold, uh, colder air mass move in. You know, it was breezy over the weekend and yesterday. It helped to transport that cooler air into our region. 61 in Southern Pines, 61 right now in Fayetteville. Temperatures right now anywhere from 5 to 12 degrees cooler than it was this time yesterday. But we're about to see a reversal of this. Tomorrow afternoon will be a little bit warmer than today and we will continue climbing until we reach the the 
80s. Here's a look at that. We have a trough of low pressure that's been uh, across our area, high pressure building in behind it. That high pressure system will help to switch our winds to southwesterly, and that's going to bring our temperatures way up over the next few days. Today, though, 68 in Raleigh and Durham, 70 degrees in Fayetteville, so it's going to be a cool, a cool day today. Our normal high 71 will be just a few degrees below that. Pretty much right on normal tomorrow, and then we climb on up to 80 degrees on Friday. Is that going to be a record? No, actually, Friday, it's not even anywhere close. 87 is the record set back in 2010. We're a little bit closer to it on Saturday, a high of 82, with the record being 86, and just three degrees from it on Sunday, 80 degrees, with the record being 83. So that's a little more low-hanging fruit there. I don't think we're going to set any records with this over the weekend, but, you know, we're not too far from it. Our records are in the, you know, low to mid-80s this time of year. Let's take a look at those temperatures once again for tomorrow morning. It's going to it's cool out there now. It'll be cool tonight. And then after that, we start to see our temperatures climbing some. So 34 in Roxborough, 35 Clarksville, 36 Lewisburg. It's really going to be, say, along and north of I-85 that will have the best chance of seeing that frost advisory posted. Again, Kat and Mike will update you on that during our evening newscast. 35 in Siler City. We head to the south, 35 in Sanford and Robbins, 37 Southern Pines, but 41 in Fayetteville and in Clinton. It's much less likely that we'll see frost there. 48 is our normal low, so we get these temperatures into the upper 30s. It's going to be about 10 degrees below normal, but we jump into the 50s Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, so we see our afternoon highs and our morning lows warming up. We are dry all the way through the weekend, but we do have a system that could approach us early next week. We'll talk about how that could potentially affect Halloween coming up. Thanks, Elizabeth. Halloween not only brings mm. out the trick-or-treaters, but also more mm. criminals. Today at 4, Five on Your Side's Keely Arthur looks at which types of crimes are up this time of year and the simple things you can do to protect yourself. And tonight at 6, campaign season is just around the corner and new technology may make it more difficult to tell which ads are fake and AI generated and which ones are real. WRL brings down how you can spot the fake and avoid getting duped. A new news continues. Now, how about this? Feel like you're on vacation without the overnight stay. How a new app is helping customers relax, recharge, then return home. Plus, when it comes to grocery products, brands can matter. We'll examine some of the items people are willing to pay more for at the store. Happening now on the WRO Live Center, we are staying on top of breaking news where we have Sky 5 over this large fire in Fuquay Verena. This is at Eagle River Drive at Wilburn Road. And from this vantage point, we have seen dozens of crews lining the streets here on that road as crews work to put out the flames of this structural fire. We're also seeing a better landscape of where this is located, where we're seeing a lot of houses and homes that are currently under construction in this area. Area. Again, several fire crews at the scene here on Eagle River Drive at Wilburn Road and Fuquay Verena. You can see here is a better look at those vehicles lining the roads. We're also seeing EMS on the scene. Right now, we are working to learn more about what led up to this fire, what caused the fire, and if anyone is injured. Well, it's not the outcome they were hoping for, but the NC Courage still looking toward the future this morning and today after 
falling to Gotham NC, ending their season. The Courage battled it out at Wake Med Soccer Park last night at the playoffs quarterfinals, but it wasn't enough, though, as Gotham won 2-0. Coach Sean Neha says he's disappointed with the outcome, but not because of the score. He says it's because he doesn't get to coach this team for another game. The Courage had really an impressive 2023 season, seeing a league trophy and a home playoff match for the first time since 2019. Well, tonight, one more game will decide the winner of the American League Championship Series. The Texas Rangers will play against the Houston Astros in Game 7 to see which team will advance to the World Series. The Rangers even the series last night 3-3 with a 9-2 victory over the Astros. You can watch Game 7 tonight at 8 on Fox 50. Some workers at Amazon could find themselves searching for a new job if they refuse to return to the office at least three days a week. Amazon first issued return to location notices for almost all workers back in February. Workers will not be fired outright. Supervisors are instructed to have one-on-one -on -one discussions to determine if workers have a legitimate reason for not returning. A new app is giving you that vacay feel without the room charge. Resort Pass is an amenity booking alternative to a full hotel stay. It's giving some people staycations. Customers can purchase day passes at hotels or even large resorts in their own city. Benefits can include access to spas, pools, gyms, and event spaces for the day. Revisiting controversial redistricting maps in the state. Today, lawmakers are debating the changes before putting them up for a vote. And do people really prefer brand name foods over generic options? After the break, what new research says really matters to shoppers. First, here's a look at the winning lottery numbers. Shot in 4K ultra high definition, your number one source for local news. WRAL News, coverage you can count on. State lawmakers are taking their first committee votes today on new voting maps. They're designed to give Republicans a bigger political advantage at the state and national level. WRAL Capitol Bureau Chief Laura Leslie joins us live from the legislative building to explain how this all works. Laura. Ken, you know, gerrymandering is the term for drawing voting maps in a way that would give one party or the other a political advantage. And it's been a long-time bipartisan pastime in North Carolina. For years, the Democrats used it to cement their power as well. But now new technology and better data is making it possible to skew maps even more heavily than ever before. North Carolina is politically a closely divided state. In 2020, former President Donald Trump only won the state by just 1% of the vote. Uh, the the current congressional map kind of reflects that. It elected seven Democrats and seven Republicans. The new congressional map that Republican leaders are now backing is a long way from an even split. It would give Republicans 10 out of 14 of the state's congressional seats. Democrats would win three, and one would be a swing district. Uh, they, they drew these districts using how people voted in past elections. Uh, some Democrats are packed into heavily Democratic districts. The rest are divided up into Republican districts where their votes won't have as much power. Last year, the Democrats on the state Supreme Court ruled at the time that partisan gerrymandering violates the state's constitutional promise of free elections. But this year, after Republicans took control of the high court, they overturned that ruling, saying partisan gerrymandering is allowed. Uh, Democrats say those maps are not a fair representation of the state and that the advantage Republicans have given themselves is too extreme. But Senate Leader Phil Berger disagrees. I wouldn't say that we've gone 
so far to the extreme. I would say, again, that we've drawn the maps consistent with what the law says uh, are the requirements that we have to follow, and, uh, and we've done that. Uh, the Senate has also drawn new Senate maps that will ensure that they maintain their veto-proof majority for the next decade or so. Uh, later today, a House committee will vote on new House districts as well. Both the House and the Senate are expected to have full floor votes on their maps tomorrow. But all these maps, again, are expected to end up in court. So much more to be told about this story. Laura Leslie reporting. Laura, thanks. Right now, Wake County commissioners just started a meeting to discuss ways to help people who work at out-of-school programs help students dealing with the crisis. According to Alliance Healthcare, there has been significant increase of youth crisis admissions. That accounts for suicide attempts, aggression, and school-related threats. Overall, school referrals to Alliance in Wake County have increased 56% over the last six years. The field of GOP candidates vying for the House Speaker gavel is widening. There are now nine Republicans seeking the position. A forum for the contenders will be held today, followed by a vote to narrow down the list of candidates scheduled for tomorrow. Each promises to stand behind the eventual frontrunner, but it's still unclear who that will be. Happening now in the WRL Live Center, we are following some tragic and sad news coming from Georgetown. Georgetown women's basketball coach Tasha Butts has died. She died today after a two-year battle with breast cancer. This all coming from the school's athletic director. The 41-year-old coach was diagnosed with advanced stage breast cancer in 2021. She stepped away from coaching Georgetown last month. Her diagnosis inspired the Tasha Tough campaign, which has brought awareness and raised money to bring quality care to women who can't afford it through the K. Yao Cancer Fund, which we know is a nonprofit based here in Durham. She came to Georgetown from Georgia Tech this past April after a long coaching and professional WNBA career. We will continue to follow all of the outpouring support from the community there and here after this tragic news. Of course, this being Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Laura, thanks. Well, many Americans aren't afraid to spend a little more money to get brand name food products instead of the generic versions. Jackie Abanias takes a closer look at what types of brand name products shoppers prefer and the reasons behind their purchases. From making in-depth lists to impulse buying, we all have our strategies when it comes to food shopping. But how do your spending habits stack up to other customers nationwide? According to Purdue University's latest Consumer Food Insights report, Americans are more apt to shell out big bucks for some brand name products compared to their generic counterparts. We ask consumers what they think they're getting for their money. Is it nutrition? Is it better quality ingredients? Consumers in our survey told us really it comes down to taste. The study found this is especially true when it comes to drinks. Most consumers tell us that in the beverage aisle, Name brands are more tasty. Coke and Pepsi are more tasty than their generic alternatives. We also find that two-thirds of consumers are willing to pay as much as 30% premium for those name brand products. On the other hand, shoppers could be more likely to buy generic snack foods over brand name options if they see a larger discount. Consumers are also less picky about brand names when buying fresh produce and meat. Consumers, when they're shopping, can see the quality of the meat, can see the quality, smell the quality of the fresh fruits and vegetables, and they, don't, they aren't as reliant on name brands as a signal of taste or quality. 
And that was Jackie Ibanez reporting. While prices for many foods still remain high, the study found that overall the number of homes identifying as food insecure fell to around 13% last month. That compares to 16% during the summer. What you eat can help ease or prevent symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. The type of diet new research says can be effective and why. And a little later, a knockout fundraiser to help fight people experiencing homelessness while some people in Raleigh are putting on the gloves to do good in our community. And take WRLs with you on the go. Be sure to download the WRL News app on your phone and streaming devices to stay up to date on news you can use. Med is offering free mammograms for uninsured women in Wake County for two weeks. Last year, more than 250 women took part in these potentially life-saving screenings. Women over 40 can get a 3D mammogram at Wake Med's Raleigh Medical Park on Sunnybrook Road at no cost. The two-week program runs through November 2nd, and as of today, all appointments are booked. A Mediterranean diet may help reduce symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. The peer-reviewed findings are based on patient data from two studies. Women who followed a Mediterranean diet, which includes fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, olive oil, and fish, experienced fewer PTSD symptoms. Poor gut health has been linked to several mental health illnesses, including anxiety and depression. A study last year also found signs of intestinal inflammation in people with PTSD. Well, powdered milk for toddlers may not live up to nutritional claims. The American Academy of Pediatrics reports formulas for older infants and toddlers between the ages of six months to three years old may have overstated claims about nutritional value. The report says these products, often advertised as next stage or next step, do not provide the same nutritional benefits as human or cow's milk. The group is calling on companies to improve their advertising. When it comes to sports, some young people who spend time on the turf are also spending time at the doctor's office, and we're not talking about the players. Researchers say marching band activities are physically demanding and can lead to injuries similar to organized sports. Some of those injuries include fractures, dislocations, and heat illnesses. 70% of marching band injuries between 2012 and 2021 happened to high school-aged girls. Half of the injuries were knee and ankle problems. Fighting to end homelessness. That's the mission of a local charity event taking place in Raleigh this weekend. We'll talk to the organizers of Gloves for Good about how they plan to help others. Also, a singer from Goldsboro packed his bags and followed his dreams to L.A. Now, Caleb Sass's talent is on display on NBC's The Voice. How you can make sure he advances. This Saturday, a unique fundraiser in Raleigh is stepping into the ring to help fight homelessness. Gloves for Good is a new charity boxing showdown where the proceeds will help people in the community find stable housing. It's an effort led by the Realtor Giving Network. Joining us now is the network's executive director, Heather Thompson, and Steve Gunter, realtor and president of Steve Gunter Homes. Good to see you both. Steve is also the headlining boxer for Gloves for Good. Steve, we'll start with you. What inspired you to come up with the boxing? event as a way to stop homelessness in our area. Well, good afternoon, Renee. Look, over the course of my life and career, many people have given me a hand up in life. And I, I thought to myself, what better way to give back than to put on an exciting boxing event where 
we are literally fighting to end homelessness. And uh, we're so excited to be in partnership with the Realtor Giving Network in doing so. Heather, explain why fighting homelessness is a priority for the Realtor Giving Network and talk about how the proceeds through Gloves for Good can help make a difference. Sure thing. The Realtor Giving Network is all about harnessing the collective giving power of Realtors to help our neighbors in need. And I want to tell you something, Realtors have big hearts and they believe in helping to transition families from homelessness to stable housing. And how we're going to do it is we're going to supercharge housing nonprofits by investing in them, giving them the tools to do it, filling those gaps in services to CASA and to Oak City Cares, fueling them with all of those resources. So at the end of the day, these families and individuals are going to feel hope and dignity to get to their next best place. Proceeds going to those two nonprofits to help supercharge their mission. This is going to be a supercharged fundraiser. Steve, you shared your passion for creating this. Share with us what people who attend can expect at Gloves for Good. What are they going to see? They can expect five exciting fights, uh, three rounds each with some great music, great atmosphere, just really wonderful people all together in one room all trying to come together for a great cause. And so um, we're really excited about it. And Heather, how can folks get tickets to this if they want to watch this? Go to www.rar.com. And I can tell you, this is not your ordinary fundraiser. Like you said, Renee, folks are going to be ringside. You're going to be spectators to help and be part of the solution to end homelessness. So please do come out and support this great event. Well, this will be an adrenaline-filled event, pure entertainment, but for a great cause. Gloves for Good, fighting to stop homelessness this Saturday night from 6 to 8 at Northridge Country Club in Raleigh. I'm excited to emcee this exciting fundraiser, but I'll leave all the punches to Steve. Steve and Heather, thank you so much for talking with us about Gloves for Good. I'll see you both ringside on Saturday. Thank you, thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, that should be really fun. You know, uh, we've been talking about the fact that it's cooler than normal this afternoon. Of course, we're in for a colder night. And when you have a colder night, that means you can have an even colder morning. Let's get over to meteorologist Elizabeth Gardner the WL Severe Weather Center. Tracking what appears to be a really nice day, albeit though. Yeah, it looks beautiful, but it is on the chilly side. Our temperatures are in the 60s for the most part right now. Still a few 50s right now in our northern counties. This is a live look at Goldsboro, at Fayetteville, right near our newsroom, Apex, and of course, Chapel Hill. Hill, courtesy of Top of the Hill Restaurant. So even with all that sunshine, our temperatures are going to be slow to warm up today. High pressure sitting here um, has brought us a beautiful weekend. It sits here and doesn't move very much over the next few days. It's gradually going to slide eastward and that's going to start to bring up some warmer air from the south, allowing our temperatures to climb into the 80s by the time we get to Friday and the weekend. But that high is also going to block this next system from moving any farther east. And so we're going to end up with a lot of heavy rain across parts of the Midwest because of that grass. Gradually, this whole system will slide eastward toward North Carolina on, what can you guess, Tuesday, Halloween. So there certainly will have uh, some impacts there on Tuesday. We're going to be watching that closely to see the timeline for that. It's way too far out in advance to really uh, have anything uh, definitive to say about it. But our rain chances between now and Friday, even Sunday, look very low for us. Look at the rainfall, though, back to the west. Those yellow and orange colors are going to put it up to nearly five inches of rain. So there could be some flooding with the system because it's just going to sit there for the next uh, five or six days. While we sit here underneath the ridge of high pressure and we are dry, 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 that's going to last all the way at least through Sunday. 
if not into Monday. We take a look at the tropics because it's a little bit related to what's happening there with that trough that's coming across uh, the United States. This right here, of course, is Hurricane uh, Tammy. It is uh, a level one uh, a category one storm right now with winds at 80 miles per hour moving north at seven. It's about to make a northeasterly turn and gradually begin to weaken by Thursday. It's back down to a tropical storm and moving most likely almost on top of Bermuda on Saturday with 50 mile per hour winds. There'll be a lot of storm surge with this certainly and some heavy rain several inches, but the winds at 50 miles per hour won't do the kind of damage that we would see, of course, if it was a category one hurricane. Take a look at the model plots. You can see course, how everything starts to turn toward Bermuda. There's some that are starting to recurve that back out into the Atlantic. Um, and the models are not in any good agreement really whatsoever about what's going to happen with this. So take a look. This is one of the models. We'll continue to watch what the Weather Service uh, is showing, which of course is moving over Bermuda. But we'll move it ahead and sort of follow it there in that highlighted circle. This is Thursday at 6 p.m. It is starting to weaken a little bit. Um, there's Bermuda. Definitely some rain near Bermuda. But this version of Futurecast is starting to stall it kind of out in the Atlantic. That's Sunday at 5 o'clock, kind of wanders around and almost falls apart there. Um, at the same time, we have this cold front or trough that's going to be moving across the United States. Right now, it looks like there's rain in the mountains at 5 p.m. on Tuesday. But, of course, it's way too early to be definitive about the timeline of this. The main thing is to say there's a front that's going to come through early next week, and we'll be watching how that could affect us on Halloween. Between now and then, though, our temperatures keep on climbing. Highs will be in the 80s, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, Elizabeth, thanks. So thousands of locals and tourists gathered in Mexico City for procession of skeletons. The cultural significance of the Katrina Parade after the break. As you wrap things up, here's a look at a few of the headlines we're following today. A man accused of assaulting a Durham police officer and a chaplain appeared in court this morning. A judge left Demario Holman's bond at $400,000. The attack happened Friday. Holman faces assault on a law enforcement officer, possession of a weapon, a mass destruction, and several other charges. Well, Durham is expanding its heart program today to help people with mental health issues. The program had covered about a third of the city. Now it covers all of Durham. People in crisis who call 911 will speak with dispatchers. An unarmed community response team may respond. If the situation is potentially violent, police officers can accompany them as well. It, a shooting in a Wake Forest neighborhood overnight killed a person. It happened on Abercrombie Road around 3.20 in the morning. Crime tape surrounded one of the homes. Police tell us this appears to be an isolated incident. They do not believe there is any danger to the public. Another sad love song earned him a spot on Team Legend. Well, tomorrow, North Carolina native Caleb Sasser hopes to leave the crowd smiling after this week's battle rounds on The Voice. And it's all because of he had the coach on his feet. The UNC Pember graduate had a jaw-dropping debut in the blind auditions, earning a four-chair turn. The stunning performance secured his spot on Team Legend. You can watch Caleb battle it out tomorrow at 8 p.m. right here on WREL. Well, giant skulls, painted faces, and music fill the night air in Mexico City as tens of thousands gathered for the prelude to the Day of the Dead Parade. Yeah, 
parade is one of the city's many events uh, for the Day of the Dead. During this time, families remember their dead and celebrate the continuity of life. Mexico City expects about a quarter of a million tourists to visit during these festivities. Our pet of the day comes to us from Safe Haven for Cats. Toby is available to adopt from a foster. She's eight years old, loves to snuggle. Toby has had some exposure to dogs and did well. She also travels well in the car. She's been patiently waiting at the shelter for her forever home since April. Contact Safe Haven for Cats for more information about Toby. Well, most adults in the U.S. recognize a lump as a potential warning sign of breast cancer, but less than half can identify most of the other red flags associated with this disease. Today in our news at 4, we'll have the five red flags you need to know about that aren't a lump. The gorgeous floral displays at the North Carolina State Fair are popular photo spots. Today, you can take a piece of them home with you. Mums, pumpkins, and bales of straw now for sale. Each costs $5 at the Flower and Garden Show area. Go get them. Mm -hmm. NBC News Daily is next on WRL, your next local news update in 30 minutes. Well, of course, you can get breaking news anytime on the WRL News app. Keep watching WRL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.